Hey friend, welcome to Houston Made, a show where I, Rusty Gates, get to talk with local Houston-based entrepreneurs and business owners about what it's like to be in the middle of that journey and selfishly gain insights as I build my own businesses. I want to read you something that I posted to Instagram this week. Entrepreneurship is difficult. I am wrapping up the most financially successful year of my adult career by a landslide. And I am riddled with insecurity that no one wants what I'm selling or that I'm falling behind not doing nearly enough. The start of the new year has my mind spinning as I try to suss out what I should change, adapt, or double down on. I feel immense pressure to grow and a lot of fear around making the quote-unquote right moves or decisions. I share all of this because I refuse to allow these thoughts to thrive alone in my mind, and I wish to shine a light on all of them. I share this to destroy any notion that I have it all together or have it all figured out because I most certainly do not. I know I have good to offer, and I have the ton... And I have the support of a ton of amazing clients. I've got family that loves and supports me, friends that will go to bat for me, and I trust deeply that God has good for me. Both are true, the faith and the insecurity. I am not alone, and you are not alone. I share that on Instagram this week because I just felt all that stuff bubbling up inside of me, burning in my bones. It has been uh, certainly a chaotic couple of weeks in our household and in my family and my business. Um, but then also just like on top of all of the pressure as we near the end of the year and I feel the need to have everything figured out for the new year and all the changes I'm making and et cetera, et cetera. And I put it out there really to do those things. I just needed to not have that stuff boiling inside my mind alone where it was only going to get worse. Um, and uh, just to hopefully resonate with others. Uh, <laughs> I say this without any pride. That was the best performing Instagram story of my entire Instagram career. I have, uh, I got dozens and dozens of messages, both of encouragement of people who were encouraging me to keep going and keep killing it and all of that, but more so from people who feel the exact same way. People who, in my estimation, are also killing it, who do seem to have it all together and are succeeding. People that I look up to and admire feeling that exact same way of imposter syndrome and the pressure to perform and the pressure to outdo this year and keep growing and changing and uh, also feeling isolated and all of it. And, you know, it, it just is difficult this thing that we set out to do. And there absolutely are upsides. There are benefits. There are amazing things. Again, I started out by saying this has been financially the most lucrative year of my adult career. And also with that, in the other hand, the same breath, it's probably been one of the most stressful. And that I like, isn't that the whole thing? Like that's the trade-off. Hopefully uh, that balance uh, shifts in the positive direction as time goes on. But man, I can't tell you how much uh, it has meant to me to hear all of that encouragement and uh, to know that other people are encouraged to hear that I feel the same way. So we are not alone in this. I do want to share all this because, uh, you know, they, there's that line, it's not personal, it's just business. Um, but for us 
as entrepreneurs, as solopreneurs, business is often deeply personal because we put so much of ourselves into this thing. It is us. And so when it doesn't do well or it hits us in our core, and I do think that's why we need to have communities around us that can support us, that it can encourage us, people both in this entrepreneurial journey and who are not in this rat race, um, because I think it makes all of the difference. Business is deeply personal. Uh, and I don't think there's a way to make like separate that. I think the best we can do is try to develop maybe some thicker skin, find some healthy coping mechanisms, seek therapy when uh, applicable and beneficial, uh, and just keep going, right? And keep pushing. And I do think that's a good segue to this week's guest because this is probably one of the most personal conversations that I have in this whole season. Uh, this guest and I, we chat for a good while about her journey, but then also like I straight up ask her for advice and she delivers. I remember walking away from this conversation feeling so encouraged, so uplifted, and I do think that that is just kind of who she is. I think that she is a light and uh, it is a joy to be around her and to get to hear from her. So I think this conversation will be incredibly encouraging. So without further rambling from me, I'd like to introduce you to uh, Ashley Bird Williams. This is a great episode. So here is season four, episode nine of the Houston Made podcast. Ashley Bird Williams of the league of bird williams consulting of you've got franchises oh, going yes. on we have a lot going on I, how are you today i am incredible today i'm so yeah. happy to be here this is going to be fun yes it is going to be so much fun and i'm so excited to finally get to meet you yes we've gotten to talk with terry uh who has been such a good friend even though i'm not entirely sure that we've met in person <laughs> i don't think we have in what? retrospect i'm thinking about it now and i go i don't know that i've ever hugged that man but i want to wow but so when he was on the podcast, it wasn't in person. I think we did it via Zoom. Wow, it was early on. Ah, uh, yeah, that sounds about maybe right. it was COVID times. I don't know, wow. but it was it was a while ago. Yeah, and, and I will say uh, it was a joy to get to talk with him. He has been a friend, uh, you know, through this. I often get people's cell phone numbers, and I like had mm. a couple questions at one point. Texted him, responded right back away. He was like, "I don't have the answer, but here's where I would go." Oh, all of that. So. For that reason, one, excited to have you here yes. because if he's so delightful, we all know that you're more delightful. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, but then also because uh, I am interested in uh, Bird Consulting, Bird Williams Consulting. Yeah. I'm super interested in that. And because anytime I feel like we have a couple that works together on their business, having the other perspective. Ooh is interesting oh yes <laughs> so maybe we'll do some fact checking today okay, and all of good. that but with all of that for people who don't know you yeah how would you what's your elevator pitch to explain Ooh. who you are what you do wow well we do a lot like we talked yeah. about my husband and i we met at, in college at ut hook'em horns and i went from there to new york city worked on wall street for a couple mm -hmm. of years in investment banking did not love why I was doing what I was doing. Didn't mind the hustle, sure. worked a lot, but it was helping a big bank make a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with it if it's your jam. It wasn't my jam. Yeah. I was on like a $4 billion IPO. Everyone was super excited. Like this was supposed to be awesome. And I'm like, is this it? Because this, yeah. this isn't doing it for me. And I can't aspire to just do this sure. again. Yeah. So I figured out, like, I was like, what do I want to do? And I realized I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to mm -hmm. build something. Didn't have a thing. Didn't have a restaurant or a hair salon or a 
but Terry did. Mm. And he was back in Houston. Uh, we'd gotten married and I realized like you're going all around Houston, Texas, trying mm -hmm. to train people at all these different places. Why don't you have your own thing? Yeah. And so we launched the league a year after that idea. We built a business model, launched the league and it did really well. And we've had it for, it'll be 10 years, December 1st, yeah. which is wild. It's so, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been really cool to see even before the interview and stuff to keep in. I've, I think I've been watching what y'all done from a distance and it's been really cool to see what y'all built, even with the league of yeah building a gym and all that. So what let's talk about that real quickly. Mm -hmm. What makes the league special? Oh, gosh. Honestly, it's I think the community, the people. Right. Yeah. And I know you hear that a lot. You know, sure. you hear you know all this about community, um, you know, People will say like it flows from the top down, but mm -hmm. and and I I humbly you know appreciate that. But man, we have some awesome team members. We have some awesome clients, and I can't tell you how many times people will say, "I just feel happy here. I feel at home here. I feel safe yeah. here." Uh, we just posted a post that was about um, a, a cancellation email that made our day. A girl was canceling because yeah. she was moving to Austin, but she was like, "Well, y'all don't know is that for the last you know year I've su suffered with crippling anxiety." Mm can't go to the grocery store, can't go to work. Yeah. I'm having to work from home. But for some reason, when I come here, I feel okay. I don't feel the anxiety. Oh, I feel strong. And that's great. That's like, what? You know? Yeah. So I get chills every time I say it. There's so many stories like that. A young woman was in an abusive relationship mm -hmm. and she said, you know, I, um, I would come here and actually feel strong. I eventually got strong enough to leave that abusive relationship. What? Like yeah. you don't know when you're starting a business yeah. that there's someone who's being, abused by their, For you know, sure. that's going to come in and, and their life is going to be changed. So those stories definitely motivate us. And I think that is palpable kind of in mm -hmm. the, in the, in the vibe at the league. And so it's really special to have created something like that. Yes. Well, and how much building strength and building confidence it is this holistic thing. And it, yes. it, it seems like y'all take it from that approach. Of right. It's, you're not just here to get jacked. Exactly. But, it's not just about your physical well-being. Yeah. It's about your mental well-being, right? your whole, your spiritual, emotional well-being, your whole person. Yeah. And we really focus on that um, through different initiatives and mm -hmm. just making it family, making it fun. Yeah. And then let's talk about your consulting business because yes. I'm really interested in that. You, you had this journey where you wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yes. You didn't, weren't sure what that was going to be. Yes. And then you did it. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, and maybe this goes back to your education. Maybe this is a question before the question. But, mm -hmm. you know, I looked at, you've got, you went to the Texas Macomb School of Business. Yes, and right there's, you have degrees in administration and finance. Um, and that always is a little bit unique, I think, among the guests of this show. Because mm. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, we like accident. <laughs> our way into right. it. Like, oh, I, this is cool. Oh, I, people are going to give me money. I guess I have a business now. <laughs> and we figure out a lot of this stuff along the way and make a lot of mistakes. Do you feel like, I mean, you got that degree. So what was, what was the impetus to get the degree? Mm. Was it already early on as a kid? You were like, mm. I'm going to make some money or I'm going to build something or yes. whatever it is. Yes. As a kid, I was definitely that kid that was trying to sell people jewelry and literally like sleepover meant we're going to learn a performance like the Whitney Houston whatever Whitney Houston song was out, you yeah. know, we're like learning the dance. And then when your parents come pick you up, they will pay $5 oh. to watch the performance. Like that kind of stuff. Very all good. The time. That it is was just kind of in me. <laughs> a great hustle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like they literally have to, to be able to get yeah, it's children, kidnapping. Right. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, I remember getting in trouble. Now that you said kidnap, it made, it made me think of this other story. Uh, I was in school and I, and I basically exchanged, I, I got a kid's, I had an extra red pencil mm -hmm. and I told the kid, Hey, give me your, your, um, your lunch money. Cause you don't have 
a red pencil and you're going to get a mark Exchange if you goods. don't, yeah. you know, and he gave me his lunch money. Well, then later in the week, he's like hungry because he didn't have food. <laughs> tells his mom, they tell my mom, they're like, you can't take someone's lunch money. But I was like, but he needed the, the red pen and I had extra. And they're like, no, that's terrible. Yeah. And so we have to pray for those parts of me. But um, no, that was always in me. So I just like that. It's a little quid pro quo. <laughs> that's that's a, a legal contract. Exactly, should have exactly. gotten it in writing. Shouldn't have so. gotten in trouble for that. Right. <laughs> that's, if writing. you had a contract, they wouldn't have anything to say about it. <laughs> right. That's So it was with you all yeah. the way through. And so you're finishing up high school and you're looking yeah. at college and you yeah. said, I want to do this. Like, I want to find a way to do this stuff. Yeah. I, I remember saying in high school, I wanted to be like a I think it was a CFO of a multinational corporation. I don't think I really knew exactly what that meant. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of deals and negotiation and having a briefcase and wearing a business suit. Like the yeah. idea of business was in interesting to me. Um, but I go to UT and I begin to realize, wow, business is so layered. There's mm. marketing, there's you know mm -hmm. finance, there's operations, there's supply chain. Um, and at McCombs, it was kind of like accounting or finance. So this is what you did. And to me, accounting was very like, you just apply the rules and you're just doing kind of the same. It wasn't okay. as dynamic as finance, which yeah. can change with the markets. And so I was actually studying abroad in Italy, in Milan, Italy for six months wow. in college. The yeah. best experience. And I took my first corporate finance class there. I had a German professor. I'll never forget him. He was super hot and all the girls liked him. <laughs> and he, uh, he taught corporate finance and I just loved it, it i just ate it up and so then when i went came back to the states i said okay i solidified my my major as finance and i had an international business minor because i was just really interested in that as well and yeah. so that's when i kind of started to go that route and it's crazy because i'm first generation college student sure my parents had no concept of what mm -hmm. any of this was was that i was going through i remember studying late in the pcl and you know it'd be like 1 a.m and i my mom happens to call and she's like what are you doing like you're studying late. You must not be doing well because, like, you shouldn't. You know, she's thinking yeah. like, "No, mom, all the kids are here studying. Yeah, this, this is, is what a this part is what of, it takes. Know. This is exactly." The thing. So there was a lot of just challenges and pushing through and figuring it out. I didn't have much of a roadmap, but um, I kind of just like, I wouldn't say fake it till you make it, but just kind of like assess what was going on around me and just like sure. kept it moving. And I got into this financial analyst program, which is where a select group of students could manage a fund at at, at McCombs. And a lot of those kids were in investment banking, investment banking. I kept hearing this. And yeah. I was like, what is that? And and that it was terrible. They were saying like they got cussed out. They didn't sleep. They did. Yeah. And they're like, but I, I accepted the offer. And I'm like, why would you? What is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I learned more about it and um, ended up, I was actually going the consulting route. So I had offers in Houston with Deloitte, Accenture, wow. JP Morgan, I think Wealth Management. And then last minute I got the, an, an offer to, or an, an interview in, in New York with Barclays Capital. One of my mentors from UT had put my name in the hat to like, I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to get the job. Sure. I didn't have an internship like all these other kids in this program. Yeah. I have no clue what I'm doing, but guess what? I've never been to New York City. Yeah. They're putting me up in the Rockefeller Center. Wow. This is going to be great. Like I went to New York, loved it. I just loved New York. Yes. I loved everything, yes. you know? And so I'm thinking again, I'm not going to get this job. So I'm just interviewing. Having fun talking, having fun. And I did well on interviews because I had a very different story. It mm. wasn't a 4.0 from Ivy League. Mm -hmm. It was like I was in Italy for six months and then I went to Ghana and did a social development project with microfinance agencies. And so people were just, you know, interviews were fun for me, yeah. the conversation. And I ended up getting that offer and it was wild because it was unexpected. Yeah. And even though I had those offers in Houston, I decided to take the the investment banking one because to me it was more challenging. I was like, I'll do the more the harder one now while I'm young and have energy. Yeah. Could always go back to consulting is what For I thought. Sure. So went out to New York. It was another story of like, what the heck am I doing here? I have <laughs> yeah. no clue. What, like, what is this? Like, yeah. didn't have any experience. Most of these kids had had an internship, and I'm just figuring it out, man. I'm just 
you know, it was rough. Um, everything from living in a big city, understanding what a real winter coat is. I thought mm. you could wear Ugg boots, but the snow gets sure. through. It just was so bad. Yeah. And, um, but I figured it out and I ended up doing really well. I was on two teams and like I said, it was on a huge IPO that was a landmark tra transaction for the firm, but I wasn't fulfilled. And yeah. so that's what kind of brought me back to entrepreneurship. What a wild journey. Right? That is crazy. <laughs> right? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, there's so many elements of that that I feel like we could like pick apart and look at because, I mean, obviously so much of that leads to what you do now. I I think I was talking about what y'all have done. And yeah. some of it I knew because of my conversation with Terry and how y'all started the league and some of the leaps of faith that y'all took to yes. start this thing. Oh, right? yes. Because y'all obtained financing, yes. right, to get that, which yeah. is, again at least on the guests of my show, has been relatively rare. Most okay. people have like started small, kind of mm. snowballed their way mm. up. And again, we're not, most of my guests are not, you know, multimillionaires. Yeah. <laughs> we're all working on it though. Yes, we are. But, uh, you know, that kind of thing, at least for me, is terrifying. Mm. But I wonder if we're like, well, yeah, but this is, from your perspective, yeah. this is how business is done. Right. Like it's not even a, it's just, no, this is what you do. Right. Because you've seen, I assume you're working at Wall Street. Right. The numbers that are being thrown right. around are astronomical. Yeah, millions and millions and millions. And like I said, $4 billion deal, no big deal. You know, like whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's a great point. I think New York helped me so much with, yes, that perspective. Also just like modeling mm -hmm. and pitching. So I was on the equity side. So okay. I did a lot of IPOs, equity sure. deals. So what we're basically doing is going to these companies and saying, hey, we should be your book runner for the deal. And so I put a lot of presentations together. It was a big part of my job, you know, and yeah. all the different, you know, uh, statistics and analysis and so with Terry, I, you know, thinking back on it, I can imagine him being like, why is she so confident we could do this? Because I remember him saying like, yeah, I'd love to have a gym in like 10 years. Like, yeah, right that's now. how we're, it works. Yeah, we're we... 24 and 26. He's like, who's going to believe us, you know? But I modeled it out. So I built my model. Like, I think I literally had a model, like a, an Excel spreadsheet that I, you know, kind of kept. And I just like kind of worked through the numbers and said, okay, this is, he helped me plug in revenue expenses. We looked at profit. We shifted some things. I realized, okay, we need this much to, to, to launch. We had this much, you know, in startup expenses. And then I had also heard most small businesses fail because they don't have enough operating capital. Mm. I kept hearing that. Like, yeah. So I, I don't even think I fully understood what that meant, yeah, but like, I was like, sure, operating I mean, yeah, capital. I know what that okay, is. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll add a few months of our expenses. So I looked at our, our well, yeah, our, our expenses. I said, okay, whatever our expenses are, let's just add like three to six, yeah. nine, as much as you can. Runway. Add yeah. into what you raise in investment capital. And then I had a whole process, which I, I share with my clients through Bird Williams mm -hmm. Consulting about like how you go out. You have them sign an NDA. You have a list of investors and you just start from the beginning. You don't want a whole bunch of investors if you can avoid it. You know, yep. more people just complicate things, kitchen, you know. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of we just kind of went through it. And of course, there were so many surprises. One guy said, put us down for to put me down for 10, 10K. It's like, oh, that's awesome. We're so excited. One of the first people we talked to. Then when it came time to to get that money, it was like crickets. Oh. And this is like close to when we need to buy equipment, yeah, you yeah. know, put some money down for the lease. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And so then we had to jump ship to an SBA loan, but thankfully it worked out. And so there were many, many times where it was just like, I would go to sleep like, I don't know if we can do this. I don't sure. know if this is going to happen. Like, I don't have anything else. I have yeah. no ideas. <laughs> you know, I'm done. And I'm, I'm a plan A, plan B, plan C. I have all the way. I have totally. so many options. I had worked it all out and I would have a dream or someone would call or I would uh -huh. get an idea that I'm like, 
this is it, you know, yes. and, 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 and him too, of course, it wasn't just me, but I'm just saying like, I felt like those were definitely God winks and God moments that were just beyond our ability. And even saying this right now, I'll just say it's so encouraging because yeah. like we're going through that again, you know mm. what I mean? Like with the franchise yeah. and it's just, I think a message for anyone listening, like, you know, there's levels to this, right? Yes. So the real goal is to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. get comfortable with not having all the answers, with having to figure it out. Because once you figure it out at level one, you're going to go to level two and there's going to be more unknowns mm -hmm. and questions and uncertainty and like how good at you are, how good are you at keeping going, keep going, yeah. being consistent and trusting the process and all that. That's so. amazing. Well, and it feels like with anything, and maybe this feels true with a lot of conversations we have, and I know it certainly feels true with my experiences. You need just enough confidence to jump out of the plane, and you're like, yeah, yeah, like I've got, I've got a back, I got a parachute, like I'll we'll be okay. And then it's like halfway, it's you know, you you've been out of the plane for three seconds, only to realize that you have to assemble the parachute, or you're missing parts, or you're like, I guess we're not doing that now, or like you were, yeah, it's you, but you you have just enough, and I think sometimes that comes from naivety, mm -hmm. where you're just like, you don't know how mm -hmm. big of a deal it is right. that what you're doing. You're like, oh yeah, sure, we got this, right? Just jump. Right. Like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> but now it's too late. Or it's having some experience and reps under your belt to mm -hmm. say, like, no, like, I've done this. I feel pretty good. Like, I've got right. it. There's probably still some naivety. Right. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Still going to, like, figure yes. things out. I think in the beginning, it was a lot of naivety. I think if we would have known the end, mm -hmm. we would have been like, oh, crap, no. Like, you yeah. know, if we would have known what it would take, we yeah. would say, oh, oh, God, no, we can't do that. But sometimes it's good to not have all mm -hmm. the answers and to not know exactly what's going to yeah. happen. Right. Well, and not, but you would also not know, I think maybe, maybe the like hindsight thing where it's like, well, you might not do it, but you also know all the joys and the freedom yeah. and like the life that it's given you. Oh yeah. Like, Cause I doubt you would say, you'd look back and be like, oh, I wouldn't do it. Right. And it's like, no. no, I would. Like yeah. I would absolutely, I would yeah. try not to be as stressed about it as right. <laughs> I was. But I think you bring up a good point of loving, loving it and yeah. loving the journey and loving the thing. Yeah. Uh, because... It's it is so hard and so difficult and lonely and confusing oh, at so God, many yeah. times that if you don't love the journey, you said like you know it just really comes down to how much are you comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I had a moment in that moment you said that I was like both encouraged and uh, challenged at yes. the same time because I'll say like I think with business stuff with all of this and we're making we're we're producing the show we make the magazine we've got matches we got. And we're just figuring it out. I'm like, I don't know. I'll make a magazine. I've never done that before, but <laughs> probably I was like, I was my senior editor in high school, like of the yearbook. Like I could probably make a magazine. Like how hard is it? And of course it's already far harder than it <laughs> is supposed to be. Um, but then, and, and I think it's because I can do all that stuff because I do love this. Yeah. I love this show. I love these conversations. And I recognize all of this stuff, carrying up that giant case oh, up gosh, the, yes. the stairs yes. and all that to get up into this uh, rental studio so that we could record this conversation. All of that is worth it because this conversation is amazing mm -hmm. and I love this. And so I go, it's totally worth it. Yes. I, the conviction on the other side is I've been struggling to get into a fitness routine and I've been like, yeah, I don't love the journey. Yeah. Like I want the destination, but I don't want the journey. Mm -hmm. And like, it's like a, a mental roadblock. Yes. So what advice do you have for me? Oh, very selfishly. Well, what, cause I get, cause I think that that would be true for those people who have an idea they have a dream for their business or a dream for their personal fitness goals or whatever yeah. it is. And they go like, yeah, but I just like, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> it seems, oh, God. it seems hard and I don't want to. Oh, well, one thing I think, and then 
I was, I'll just answer like if a friend was asking sure. this question, right? That's like, great. Hopefully, like, yeah. like you know, I would like, like a girl that. for like just being real honest. Like, yeah. if you don't want to, I don't know how long, like you know, how much, how like how realistic it'll be for you to actually achieve it, especially if you haven't even started, right? Yeah. Now, if it's just hard, that's different. But if you don't want it, if you don't desire it enough, because again, it's going to get harder, right? So you have to like, <laughs> yeah. so that would be my first thought. But I think sometimes, again, it's, is it is it that you don't want to or that it feels hard or overwhelming, right? Mm. If it's the latter, then it's more of um, by, like making it bite-sized, like mm. making what is a monster into just little bitty pieces, step by step by step. Yeah. So like with your that's fitness really routine, good. it's like yeah. you're thinking about having six-pack abs and it just feels like <laughs> sure. you're so far and it's just like, I don't want to sweat. It's like, yeah, yeah, I, I just yeah, yeah. can't, you know? Uh-huh. But if you just think, okay, I'm just going to get to the gym. Yeah. Like, just get there. That's and right. it's funny. I was just talking with a leaguer about this the other day. Just He's like, my goal is to get here. Mm-hmm. And then once I get here, I'm already here. Yeah. I, of course, I'm going to put in a lot of effort to make the most of my time That's here. Right. So making it much smaller, I think, is huge. Same thing with your business. You know, People think about all the things. And to be honest, there's a lot of things. There's mm-hmm. operations. There's marketing. There's finance. There's you know, a lot. There's all the foundational pieces. Team, culture, right? You're, you're building a lot. But just break it down into small pieces yeah. one at a time. Um, to not get overwhelmed. And then I'd also say like recruit people, like have a team, you know, have a team. I don't know what we would do without our team at the stage that we're in in business right now, 10 years into the league franchising without our CPA, our attorney, Mm -hmm. our mentors, even just girlfriends who I know are in text groups. Like you got this, like I'm going into a negotiation. Like Ashley, you've done this for 10 years. You can do it. Like, you know, like there's a whole team that you should put around you. Same for your fitness goals, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you have someone who's, who's holding you accountable that you say, Check just checking in. I got to the gym today, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know they're gonna be asking you on Friday how many did you how many workouts did you do this week or, sure. or whatever your goals are. That'll help you, you know, stay on, on top of it too. That's really that's really really good. And I think with the business stuff, you know, it is it's e- it's easy to be like I do all that stuff. I gotta find all those people. And it's like find one person. Yes. And and I think there's something about that. Find the one person. Yes. Because I've certainly been guilty of this of whether it's fitness or my business of like getting on Instagram stories and being like, Hey guys, I'm doing X, Y, Z, ba ba da ba. And it's almost like by telling everybody, like telling everybody is less effective than telling one person, mm. right? Where it's like, you've got that one person. You're like, Hey, I've got this thing right. because I, you know, um, I'm a big fan of Andrew Huberman, mm. you know, Huberman. No. So he is a like neuroscientist mm. out of Berkeley, I think. Okay. Don't, don't, well, asterisk next to this, this school. Okay. Uh, one, he's just a really interesting guy because he was like a skateboard kid, almost dropped out of high school, like was not on a good path, barely made it to college because he was following a girl, like dropped out, came back, wound up in a like a science lab and then has become a leading like what? neuroscientist in the country. And he's That's just in his podcast is phenomenal. Huberman Labs uh, is just so, so great. And he like will break down. Every experience you've had in your life and what is happening in your brain and the chemicals and how to like hack your brain because you're like, hey, this is just science. Like you do ABC, you're going to get D. Anyway. Wow. But he just had a clip that I saw where he was talking about uh, the dopamine patterns of telling people about aspirations Mm. and how like the more you tell people about something you want to do, the less likely you are to do it because you're getting the dopamine hit from telling them so you're like hey i'm gonna, I'm gonna start working out and people are like oh my god i'm so proud of you i'm excited for you i'm pulling for you and you're like oh i feel like warm and fuzzy and i'm so like this is great 
And then like, that's the hit you wanted. Mm -hmm. And so now when you actually have to go do the effort, which is stressful and hard and overwhelming, as you said, you're actually, it's harder now because you're coming up from a high. Yeah. Yeah, You're like, I already got what I wanted out of this. Um, whereas if you kind of like keep it secret, keep it close to the vest, then you do the work and he, his whole thing is dopamine's not bad. It's dopamine without effort. That's bad. Mm. Right. Is that like you want chocolate? Like, great. That's fine. Go, go for a quick run and then have your chocolate. Mm. And now you're programming your brain that rewards come from difficult work and that like, which is how it's supposed to be. Right. If we were like cavemen, you get the food after you hunt the food or gather the food. You don't just get the food. Right. And for us, like, I just press buttons on my phone and food shows up. <laughs> like, what do we want? Right. Chicken tikka masala? Right. Got it. It's here. Uh, I think I think that is great advice. Yeah. Um, so I, I know the consulting bit now yeah. for you yeah. has, it's been more or less in different seasons. Yeah. So, but what does that look yes, like as yes. a business? So, okay. So 2019 the league is a well-oiled machine. We have mm-hmm. a great team. You know, everything is rocking and rolling. And it was at a point where, I mean, I was spending maybe three hours a week on the league stuff. So I had That's extra great. time. We have yeah. kids now, though, too. So there's that. So you have no extra time. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Not sleeping. Just had a baby. Uh, but I was like, well, what what are our other passions? And I really love small business. I mm-hmm. love, and, and so many people, friends, family were coming to me. Hey, I want to start this business. I want to start this business. And I'd be like up late helping people do mm-hmm. random stuff, you know, yeah. business plans. And Terry was like, you should make a business out of this. And yeah. it's funny because he did for me what I did for him with the gym, you know, yeah. years before. And so um, I launched Bird Williams Consulting. And the idea was that, you know, there's there's all these people with ideas out there. How do you actually really like, systemize like you know organize yourself to succeed and so i eventually launched a course called prove it plan and it's how to develop a strategic business plan and it has four pillars foundation which is everything from like purpose vision mission um the problem you're solving how you're solving it in a unique way your Mm -hmm. team the phases of your business like thinking about all the foundational elements Mm -hmm. then we move into finance financial so it's all of the you know financial projections but also things like trademarks and all the things that affect numbers and then we move into operations um which i think is so important and a lot of people just miss but Mm -hmm. how do you systemize things for scale how do you autumn where can you automate How do you make your life easier? Because yeah. what happens if Rusty wants to go on vacation or Jen gets pregnant and wants to take yeah. maternity leave or you just want to take some time off or you get sick or whatever? Like, you know, is there someone who could step in and because mm-hmm. you have systems set up can just take over, right? Yeah. What happens if you hire a virtual assistant? All these kind of things. And then lastly, it's marketing. And I leave that to the end because that's where everyone that's wants to start fun with. Part. Yeah. <laughs> everyone wants to start with the website, the Instagram handle, which is great. You should definitely secure those. But Man, what happens if you market your business, but you don't have a foundation? You You don't don't have the numbers. You don't have this operations. It's going to be really tricky. And so that's Prove It Plan. And I just love it so much. And so I do that. I do some, you know, one-on-one consulting and strategy sessions as well. But um, it was amazing. And I mean, I I grew it. And then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And what a business that was, oh, three hours a week is now like we are trying to survive our gym business, right? It was incredibly rough. We had to shut down for... um, a few months it was it was hard you know and i was pregnant yeah. <laughs> it was a lot i was pregnant again it was yeah. a lot going on we have three kiddos um and so then it went back to like oh man you know i have this going i have a podcast you know all these things and so i've kind of like i kind of had to reel it back a little bit 
Um, just more so in terms of marketing. I stopped the podcast. I kind of stopped as much of Instagram. I mm-hmm. kind of stopped my email marketing. I just recently restarted that. But then also in this moment of the crazy pandemonium, uh, we decided to franchise the league. So it was like, yeah. whoa, okay. And that was not in our minds at mm-hmm. all. It just, it just kind of came to us. And so that was back in 2020. And so for the last three years, you know, we've been figuring that out. Yeah. It's a whole new world. And made mistakes, you know, bad consultant here, didn't realize that we have to get real audits every year. Mm. They cost a lot of money, you know, all these different things. But um, we've kind of worked through that. And now we're seeing like the harvest of it as like, it looks like over the next six months, there's going to be a few new league locations. And so it's exciting. Um, But I still do meet with clients again. I just don't market it as much, but I love that work so much. It's like, it's like what brings me so much joy and it's what I do with the league, but you know, I'm doing it for others because people think, you know, do you train, (laughs) do you train coach classes? No, No. I take classes. I'm trying to get in there like you, (laughs) you know, I'm struggling in the back, but I don't coach, but I do all the business side of things for the league. Well, and in my experience too, is the beauty of entrepreneurship. One of the many things, because there's a lot of downsides. And I don't ever want to overlook the downsides because right. there certainly are. Yeah. And I've said it time and time again that our this show kind of naturally glamorizes entrepreneurship. It's it's it is a love letter to entrepreneurship, but that's yeah. not to say that there aren't faults. Right. And yet, as a part of that love letter, one of the beautiful things, especially when you have more than one thing, because I I used to be like, I'm a real estate agent, I'm an entrepreneur, and I was like, well, maybe I'm just actually a real estate agent, like. <laughs> Because I I feel like if you're an entrepreneur, that means you've got more than one like mm. thing going. Mm. We're real loose with that term yes, around here. We are. But uh, when you have more than one thing going, if you can get to that place, if you want to get to that place, the beauty of that is you get some freedom to like let off the gas in some areas mm-hmm. where there have been seasons where this show, I think season two of Houston Made has five episodes. Mm. And it was because it was for the first time ever my media company was taking off. And I was like, whoa. I'm going to go do this now. Yeah. Like, love you guys. <laughs> I'll be back later, uh-huh. like when I can. Uh-huh. And then I think eight months later, I started, you know, producing season three and we went through all of that. And that's, I think, with the consulting thing, which is the, probably the beauty of consulting yeah. is you can kind of like take on clients as you need to get them where they need to go and then send them off. Right. And like, hey, we're going to take a breather. We got a franchise. That's right. a lot of work. And we'll come back to this. Yes. You can, it all like feeds into one another. Absolutely. With And then with your consulting stuff, I imagine you have done a lot of the work with the foundations and the operations and all that with your own company. Yes. And I'm interested, this feels true. So I I want your take on it though. Does it feel true that like marketing is like icing on the cake where it's like, if you're doing all those other things, you could probably have a successful business without marketing, but then that's like the, it's just like, yeah, extra. Absolutely. I could not agree more. I know that it's not what some people want to hear, yeah. <laughs> especially marketers, you know, yeah. people in, in the marketing space. It is absolutely important and it, it adds value, <clears throat> but it isn't a must, you know? Yeah. Like I think about my holistic doctor. I talk about him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone knows me as a listener, probably This is marketing rolling. right now. This is it. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is his marketing. It's because he's changed my life, you yeah. know? And, you know, he's not a magician. Or, you know, I'm not, but that, he's but that's not God. But if you've got a great business yeah. and, and you, you're providing a great value, your clients will do the marketing. Word of mouth. Yeah. And it's such great marketing because yeah. it's people who have actually So much lived more it. effective. It's not an ad. They don't think they're being sold to. It's like, no, let me tell you about my lived experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should see his, his website. 
It's terrible. It looks like it was done. And I told him, I was like, when did you do this? Like yeah. old pictures of him and his kids. Like, you know, it's just bad. And it, it also like, he doesn't have a sign on his door. He, mm -hmm. and he's a holistic doctor, you know, the yeah. whole pharmaceutical industry thing. Sure. Like, you know, he doesn't necessarily want to promote like, Hey, you can just he's learn to not have fights, dairy yeah. and then you won't be on medication. So he goes by word of mouth and he's so successful, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I would not agree, you know, more if you have a, if you are solving a real problem mm -hmm. and you are getting people results you won't need the glitz and the glam and all the things right yeah which is so counterintuitive in this social media right. age where everyone right. thinks you start by going viral and right. then build a business off of that platform and i i my inclination i think is to put marketing first because it's fun yeah right let's make stickers right <laughs> i mean when i was a real estate agent i was kept trying to figure out how I could convince people to buy merch from their local realtor. I was like, I could, I think I could do this. <laughs> and I knew I was like, this is stupid. Like it was yeah. always like, go sell houses, go like, right. Provide value. Right. <laughs> uh, but I, I wanted to so badly to figure it out. So I was like the podcast, the podcast can still sell stuff. Um, but I have that inclination. But when my media business started really taking off, and this was a couple of years ago, I realized like I didn't need to post online one because my product for my clients was advertising. So every time I sat down and made 60 videos with somebody in one day, right? that's every video is an advertisement for yeah. me. Cause then people will be like, Oh my God, that video is so good. Who right. did that? Rusty did that. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until probably halfway through this year, like I'd say a good 18 months into it that I was like, Oh, I should probably take my marketing seriously. Mm. Not because my business wasn't successful, but because I wanted other opportunities mm -hmm. and having a little bit of credibility online yeah. and having a little bit more of a polished presence online was going to go a long way in like helping me take that yes. next step. Yes. And I think that's so key. What are your goals? Mm -hmm. What are you trying to do? What phase of business are you in? If you are just starting out, and I say this a lot, it depends on the resources you have. Yep. Some people have a lot of money. Some people don't. Mm -hmm. Some people have a lot of time. Some people don't. Some people have a lot of energy. That's a big resource. Yes. I had a lot more energy at 24 yeah. than I do at 30s. 35 I had to think about it 35 you know yeah. so like understand the resources you have and the goals you're trying to reach and make decisions based on that that's why it's not cookie cutter right mm -hmm. so it's like if you're starting out and you don't have a lot of money but you have a lot of time okay then yeah maybe you can be on multiple social media platforms is that something yeah. that you you know feel motivated to do and you feel is right for you whatever but if you don't and you don't like it like Yes. Focus on other things. There's so many ways to market your business. There's partnerships. There's yeah. there's a bunch of other stuff. And so I, it does irk me a little bit that people think marketing is just social media when there's so much more. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so when I went on kind of my hiatus, so last December, December of 2022 was my 100th po podcast episode. And I stopped my emails as well. I believe that's right. So all of this year, you know, I I, I didn't do any marketing until August. I started my, my, my weekly emails up again. But I had so many incredible clients I worked with. One, Ugo and Chi is a Nigerian food concept. She's doing pop-ups. Awesome. Um, and it wasn't just that we worked together. She did my business booster program where we like dive in deep for a month. It wasn't just that, but I was able to connect her with so many like dynamic people mm. in, the, in the Houston food space and mentors. Yeah. And she's like, that alone was incredible. Even my father-in-law, who's VP of HEB and has Five Central, which is a huge... Um, a restaurant in River Oaks area, yeah. upper Kirby area. Um, he invited her to his like, you know, uh, Labor Day party yeah. a few weeks. You know, so it's like, and she's like, that's incredible. Like, and you know, these connections I've made, and like, I love connecting yes. people. So like, it just brings me so much joy to yeah. do that. So 
I was able to work with so many clients, had so many great speaking opportunities and mm -hmm. engagements in a time where I did zero marketing, you know, yeah. but I think it also had to do with seeds that I had sown in the past, mm -hmm. you know, just of working with people, having a good product, word of mouth, et cetera. So. Yeah. Well, and that's where, again, social media and everybody's going to like see this stuff on social media. Yeah. So <laughs> Meanwhile, I, we're on social I, yeah, media. I, I, I understand the irony here, right. but that there are so many other ways to market than social media. Yes. And you know, I've partnered with social media firms that, cause you know, I make videos for social media. That's my company is like, yeah. Hey, I, like, yeah, you should put these online and people yeah. will see them. That's what I literally sell. And yet it's not to the exclusion of emails mm. or flyers mm. or like networking events. Mm -hmm. uh, we just, you know, had a conversation with my attorney, Leela Madden, and, and like her whole story is about networking, like how she got where it was like going to networking events which are, do not sound particularly cool right. or fun, right. but that's a part of it. Mm -hmm. And you could make a successful business just out of doing that kind of work, that right. kind of marketing and right. ignoring social media. Right. Should you ignore social? And that's, again, that's right. hard to say. And I would say like your, your Instagram profile is kind of like a business card in yeah. my opinion. Oh, I yeah. think, so if someone tells me Rusty did this or this great restaurant, one of the first things I'm honestly doing <laughs> is going to their Instagram because yeah. it's even better sometimes at a website because mm -hmm. I'm able to see them interact, hear them talk, like, you know, depending on the yes. thing, right? A new hairstylist, like, let me see what she's really about her product, right? So it's like a business mm -hmm. card. But if you don't want to like point at the, you know, and dance, yeah, and, which I don't want to do that, you know, like you don't have to, you know what I mean? Like you can, you could have posts, you could have a content calendar, you post mm -hmm. every so often. Was what was frustrating with me in particular was the algorithm. It's like mm -hmm. it changes so much. So you're as a as an entrepreneur with so many other things to focus on yes. operations, financials, legal, like all this other stuff. Which you sh you have you to focus. Have to like focus you actually on can just... you cannot ignore those yes, things. Yes. You think you can? It will it, it will show up and it will bite you that in a part, way. Yeah, that part. So so uh, you know entrepreneurs, solo entrepreneurs doing all these things, and then now they're having to constantly change their Instagram marketing strategy because of that. It's like you don't have to do that. There's so many other mm -hmm. ways that you can reach your target audience. So. Yeah. Got to get after it. Get out yeah. there. Get get a plan. Get grimy. Yeah. And and work a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable and do the unsexy work. Yeah. Um, have you heard the David Foster Wallace, uh, This Is Water? No. I'm going to look it up. This is, we're this is an aside Ooh. and we're going to, we're going to put it on there, but. Uh, is this a poem? Yeah. Ooh. So David Foster Wallace, I don't know all the things to know about him other than he was like, this like philosopher, um, mm. David Foster Wallace, this is water. Um, and this is, was like a commencement speech. So, I mean, it, not necessarily a poem, but it, it does feel yeah. poem-esque. Okay. But it's a 2005 commencement speech uh, to the graduating class at Kenyon College. Mm. And uh, it's this massive long thing. And it, it, it's, it's a lot of like setting perspective and helping these students think through life and the world and and it's it gets to the point where he's talking about being in line at the grocery store and how you view the other people in line it's just mm. it's and it and it does come back to this kind of cadence of like this is water this is water this is water um and then where is it oh gosh it's kind of ringing a bell now i think i have maybe heard you this may hear some of it yeah i'll be reading all of it uh, I guess I love this this sort of it's thing. It's so it's so good. Where is it? I'm gonna find it. This is like my jam. I love <laughs> this kind of thing. So I'm very excited about find in page. Watch reading I'm, the I'm looking for one thing. word. There it is. Okay. So this is an excerpt here. 
and the so-called real world will not discourage you from operating on your default settings because the so-called real world of men and money and power hums merrily, merrily along in a pool of fear and anger and frustration and craving and worship of self. Our own present culture has harnessed these forces in a way that have yielded extraordinary wealth and comfort and personal freedom, right? So it's like doing all those frustrating bad things can make you money and get you comfort. The freedom all to be lords of our tiny skull-sized kingdoms alone at the center of creation. Wow. Uh, this kind of freedom has much to recommend it. But, of course, there are all different kinds of freedom. And the kind that is most precious you will not hear much talk about, much in the great outside world of wanting and achieving. The really important kind of freedom involves attention mm -hmm. and awareness and discipline and being able to truly care about other people and to sacrifice for them over and over again Ooh. in myriad, petty, unsexy ways every day. Wow. It, it's so good. And, and it is. he's talking about framework and mindset and all this stuff of how you view the world. And the, the line that I always come back to in that paragraph is the last one, right? The really important kind of freedom involves attention awareness um, and being able to care for people and sacrifice for them over and over in a myriad petty, unsexy ways every day. Myriad mm -hmm. petty, unsexy ways every day is like, and I think about that a lot as a father, yeah. as a husband, oh, yes. right? That like, what is love? Yes. Love is the like petty, unsexy offerings of service over yes. and over and over again. <laughs> like helping my younger son take a bath because for whatever <laughs> reason he wants me to do it, not mom. <laughs> Even if I'm buried in work and mom is right there very kindly offering he will not mm. he wants me to do it mm. and like that's an offering of love because one day he's stuck right in order nor should I. Yeah. <laughs> help him uh but i i think about that with our businesses of yes. it, it's so true that so much of business mm. is petty and unsexy and it's just work right. and it's just doing the thing it's yeah. lug it's setting up cameras right. and lugging cases to and fro and uploading footage uh right i they, i've said this before but you know i have a content day we'll shoot anywhere from 20 to 60 videos in a day and i used to like think about my hourly rate of like what i'm making and be like oh well, we you know we make three you know 20 videos in three hours and i know what i make on that and i'm like okay cool so i'm there for three hours my hourly rate is hundreds of dollars an hour it's like man that's amazing and then I started doing the math on, well, yeah, but it also took me mm. an hour to get there, an hour to get home. Well, and the night before I spent an hour and a half, like getting all my gear organized and batteries charged. And then mm -hmm. afterwards I had to spend three hours uploading footage to Dropbox oh and then uploading gosh. my notes. And then that, like that hourly rate started like, I was like, wait a second, it's not three hours, mm -hmm. it's eight hours. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's and obviously, like now when I have a highlight, like a content day, I make highlight videos of the content day behind the scenes and look at this. It's so much fun. We're having a great time. And it, like, look how fun it is to make right. content, like have a content day with me because I want people to hire me and all that. Um, but what I'm not showing is sitting at the computer night after night after night, right. uploading footage, organizing files, backing up hard right. drives, all of this stuff, right. because that's like a part of the business right? and people have to work. That's yes. that all of that tangent. Yeah. Oh, I there. love it so much. Could not agree more. Oh my gosh. Cause 
you know, that's just not what people talk about. That's not what people share, right? Understandably, but people are being sold on, oh, look at Rusty. He's like living the dream. Mm-hmm. He's doing this. Look at Ashley. She's- Which is on purpose. Right. 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 Like that, like that's, right. I, that we're selling, we're right. selling the thing. Yeah. But it's like, then they get into it. Then they mm-hmm. make the sacrifices. They do the thing again. And they're like, oh, I didn't realize like, you yeah. know, there was so much more to it. And so I try my best even in Prove It Plan. And I was talking to Terry about this the other day because it's a rigorous, I would say, I don't think it's rigorous, but it's, it seemed like it's a rigorous program, you know? And, yeah. you know, oftentimes people will get to a certain point and be like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that there's sales tax and that there's, you know, I didn't know about the difference between an LLC and a C Corp and I have yeah. to pay myself and the mm-hmm. quarterly estimated, you know, it just feels like a lot. And, you know, part of me is like, I want people to win. So I could take out a lot of that stuff and make it look nicer and make yeah. it, you know, but then it's like, but then you're going to be surprised when you get this bill from the IRS and, you know, so, so yeah, I love the, the, the being real side of it. And, you know, I think again, it goes back to that desire. Like mm-hmm. you have to, be, it has to be, and I talk about this a lot, but passion versus purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Some people say like, follow your passion, follow your passion. I don't agree with that because okay. I'm passionate about a lot of things that I'm not sure. purpose to do. Right. I'm passionate about traveling. I've been to like yeah. 24 countries, but doesn't mean that I should follow my passion and do have like a travel business. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. what are you, what do you feel purpose to do? Even if it's not necessarily a spiritual purpose, like for me it is, but you know, what do you feel like? What are those things that like you could just work forever and the time is just going yeah. by? Cause it's just like, you're so excited mm-hmm. about it. What are the things that your friends are always asking you for help on? What are the things that you could just talk for forever yeah. about? That's giving you clues. And I actually have a podcast episode. I think it's like 12 questions to ask yourself to figure out your purpose. You know, so that you can, because then you're going to push past the, oh man, the toilet stopped up and I'm having a, or the, there's a mouse in the gym and, you know, <laughs> Terry handled that one, but you know, <laughs> you're going to push past the, oh, the IRS, you're going to figure it out. You yeah. know what stuff we're going through with the franchise right now? Lord Jesus, what are these locations we've been trying to nail since November, almost a year. Wow. And it's like, you know, we could give up. We could have given yeah, up a lot, sure. but it's like, no, we're going to figure this out. Yes. And I'm a kind of person like, I'm a, fig- I'm a, f- I'm a keep going. And if, if the team is right and I'm going to, you know, keep yeah. going. And so, but it's because I feel purpose to do that. So mm-hmm. I didn't feel that. It'd be like, I'm done with that. The passion is fleeting. Passion will just come and go. Yeah. That's a, you know, but the purpose is like, despite the trash yeah. you know, side of it. Yeah. Um, I'm here. That's a, that's really good. Especially because I identify myself as a passionate person, but mm-hmm. I recognize, so I, I got, um, I don't know how much of a flex this is, but I got ended up getting a full ride scholarship to my master's degree. Let's go. Right? Which was, yeah, whatever. I love and, it. And uh, I still took out a ridiculous amount of student loan debt to live off of. So, you know, it's okay. pros and cons. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, the way I got that, I think the moment I got that scholarship was because I had an interview with the people who were making the decision and they asked me to d- how other people would describe me. Mm. Right. And I said, yeah, well, I think people would call me like a passionate person. I also think they'd call me impulsive. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think, and I think those things go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It's like when I see something and I believe in it, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's jump. Get out of the airplane. Let's go. I, maybe there's a parachute available and I didn't, I just was like, no, let's just jump. Yeah. Let's go. Like, I didn't even think to look around. Right. I just go. And they ended up later saying, they're like, you're the only person in this process that like said somewhat like seemingly negative about yourself. Mm. And I was like, dude, like I was just being honest. I don't, yeah. Like, I'm not going to hide that from you. You're right. going to meet me and you're going to know. <laughs> but I think that that is like touches on that, that passion can lead to and certain impulsivity mm. of like hot and heavy, make a decision. Right. I think about romance and you're like, and yeah, mm, that passionate right. kiss. Right. Whereas like, I think now of, you know, and I feel like I'm tying a lot back to family stuff, which is just, you know, where I am. 
But I think about there are seasons where for my wife and I, who we both work and in different spaces, like there are weeks where it's like, we're just kind of surviving. Yes. Where it's like, you're there, I'm here. I love you. But we're not like really, there's not yeah. a lot of passion. Right, right. But there's commitment and loyalty yes. and all of these other things that are probably far better yes. and deeper. And in the business space, I like, I, I think I can absolutely see that where you might be really excited about this idea right now, but if you don't feel some kind of pull to it, some kind of calling to it, right. you're, it's not going to last. It's not. It's um, not. It's not. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. That's the, the, the purpose, the purpose piece of it is, is really enticing to me. And I think I'm, I'm also, again, very selfishly, just like putting it back on me of being like, yeah, I was like, but also like, I've been like, I have a purpose with my body and my physical fitness. Like there's a calling there that's bigger than just mm-hmm. like the six pack. Right, right. Like right. there are other reasons right. why I need to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also within that purpose, I feel like there's a little bit less, um, self-criticism right because i think if the passion of having six-pack abs we're gonna go along with this analogy really critical because there's this image of perfection right and i'm not living up to it Mm -hmm. but if i go yeah but i want to be able to play and wrestle and hang out with my boys when they're 20 30 years old Mm -hmm. it actually doesn't matter if i'm like i've got love handles right if I can move my body. I can run. I can touch my toes. I can squat down. Like the the image part maybe doesn't matter as much if the purpose is greater because it's like this, you know, physical thing. And so I, yeah, I'm always like tying those things to our business too. Yes. A thousand percent. We talked about that on Terry Bird Live this morning about exactly that. Um, And yeah, it's like the person who comes into the gym, they have like a, a, you know, summer goal or like a a vacation and they want to get fit for that. But like the much bigger goal and win is like you can walk up to this now the stairs without losing your breath or you feel strong i was saying at the grocery store at my h-e-b getting some really heavy water from a high (laughs) shelf and men are coming like hey i can help you i'm like i actually got it i'm actually good and i i lifted i squat like i know what to do at the gym and you know that makes me feel strong i love i love that feeling you know being able to take care of myself and you know um so yeah i could not agree more there's uh we're all over the place today. This yes, is, and I'm I'm enjoying it so I much. Do. But there, this is fun. There's a um, there's this book by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, okay. Bonhoeffer, who was a German pastor okay. and philosopher. I'm pretty sure that sounds right. Bonhoeffer, asterisk, sure, asterisk. <laughs> I don't know his nationality. He was he was involved in Germany and like trying to take down Hitler and all this oh, stuff. Okay, but, but he's a pastor, and he had this book called. I think it's life together. Hmm. I'm going to call it life together. Asterisk. All of these things. <laughs> Don't fact check me. People. But it, the point being is that, and I, I read it anytime Jess and I are embarking on any like new form of com- community, spe- mm. specifically with our like faith spaces. But um, because even in the intro of the book, one of the things he says is the, uh, the greatest like gift that God can give you is killing your idea of community. Because your idea of community is like the most lethal thing to actual community of like when you imagine how relationships are supposed to be and how they're supposed to play out and all of this, like that's the thing that will kill whatever could be. Wow. And I think about that with this idea of purpose and passion in our businesses and our fitness or all of that is when you have the idea of like, it's going to be this. And Mm -hmm. if it's not that, 
then I don't want to do it. And it's right. like, well, cool. Then you'll never have anything. Right. And I imagine that like with the league or with your consulting or with yes. these franchises, you were like, yes. well, if I can't get it there and th- it's going to be three months and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And if it just doesn't go to according to plan, right. But it's like holding it loosely. I, it reminds me of when you're talking about the New York interviews yeah. of getting those, getting that job is that you didn't think you were going to get it. No. So you were holding it super loosely. Right. And I hear this all the time when I study for this show and think about how to be a good podcast host. Uh, a lot of the interviews I listen to are with uh, actors, musicians, creatives. Hmm. And uh, over and over and over again, you hear these stories of actors going in for auditions and being like, oh, I was never going to get that. And so mm-hmm. they just like gave it up. Like just like being themselves, Free. joking, whatever they're ca- like. And then they get the bit because they like didn't want it so bad. Yeah enforce it yeah and I, I don't know maybe there's an element of that with you think about the purpose and you're like i think about some of this stuff is whether i had the podcast or not i will pursue entrepreneurship and right. these conversations and people who are doing this because i feel drawn to that and so yeah. if this doesn't work out i don't care right Fine. right it's like you're not anchored into the outcome you're yeah. anchored into something bigger um absolutely with the franchising it's like Again, it feels like it's it's something we've literally been called to do. I mean, to be honest, it was like a prophecy, actually, that we forgot about. Sure. And it was like seven years after we got this prophecy in the middle of the pandemic when I'm pregnant and we're trying to keep our business surviving. It's like, oh, by the way, you're supposed to franchise, remember? And we're like, what? You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, when this doesn't work out, like if this location doesn't work out or doesn't work out in this timing... Okay, you know, we're working on like literally three deals right now, which is yeah. crazy. We have our current location working on three other deals. And like there's more kind of popping up in the in the on the sidelines. And even with one, it's kind of just been a struggle, another one. And sure. I'm like, what what's the worst that could happen? We don't do it. Yeah. You know, we don't do it. And it's not like cause we're not anchored into it. Mm-hmm. It has to be in this location. It has to be December first. It has to be, mm-hmm. you know, we're anchored into like, hey, we're supposed to be doing this and we're gonna get the provision we need when we need it. Yeah. And if we if we didn't have that we would fight Terry and I, you know, we, oh, it would just yeah. be, it would be bad. And yeah. We're, we've, we've held it more loosely, especially me. Terry's more apt to hold things, something, something sure. loosely. I'm more, even like with prove it plan, mm-hmm. it is a plan. You're creating a, we're developing a strategic yeah. business plan. But I talk about in that again and again, this is designed to be dynamic. Every quarter I actually teach in module five, where we wrap it all together. Every quarter you're, assessing okay so our our goal for the quarter was x y and z this Mm -hmm. was the marketing strategy we used to do that did it work or did it not what do we need to adapt and it allows you to be proactive instead of reactive if Mm -hmm. you don't have any kind of plan then you're just kind of like randomly doing stuff oh there's like a bright and shiny object here i'll do that and then like you're all over the place you're confused versus like having a roadmap but then that allows you to be to be able to be nimble and flexible because you actually know what you're you're trying to do and um so i I agree so much to the, with that. Yeah, I was gonna say it off uh, off mic, but I'll say it now. It's like I think it, I think I probably need to go through your program. <laughs> <laughs> I would love. You were it. chasing shiny things. I was like like looking around. I was like I got a lot of shiny things around me right now. It's funny. I work with so many creatives, photographers, you know, mm-hmm. and it's exactly that. And I'm sitting there listening to them talk, you know. And one thing that we do in module one is phases of the business because sure. oftentimes, you know, I'll have a yoga instructor come to me and I want to have retreats in Bali and da 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 da. 
I love it. I want to go to your retreat in Bali, but let's yeah. talk about what phase one looks like. Yeah. That might be phase two, might be phase three, might be phase four. Like, how do you build an audience? Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing strategically to get you to that so that you don't do this one retreat in Bali that you like killed yourself to do and that's it? You know what I mean? Like, how do we create a strong foundation, a solid base for this to grow on? And, um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I see that with a lot with creatives. Yes. They're like, there can be, all over the place. And that's great. You, you're wired that way for a reason, but then there's, it's great. And I think that's even Terry, you know, he doesn't like Excel spreadsheets and, you know, and like improve it plan. I literally provide one and like try to make it easy. A Google, a Google doc with like, you just fill it in like, Mm -hmm. you know, but giving you some kind of like structure to it. Well, and again, I I think we said this off mic, but it's worth repeating here is that like one of my first therapists, uh, told (laughs) me that, uh, she was like, Russ, you are so good on your feet. Imagine what it would be like if you prepared just a little bit, just a little <laughs> which bit. would like stung so much. I'm yeah. like, how dare you? Yeah. And then I've thought about that all the time. It's like, just like a little bit of a plan would go a long way. You can improv. Right. But having, exactly. what, what if you go in with some prompts yes. instead of just standing there being like, I don't know, I'm going to make something yes. up. And it's the you can improv point, you know, it yeah. doesn't put you in a box to say this is my end. You don't have to say, I have to do it the way that I wrote it out. But it, you have something to work off of versus it just being all over the place and random. Yeah. And Well, and I think a lot of people will really cringe at that like level of accountability mm. because for so many people, we don't have it. Mm. And I recognize some places in my own life where. I wanted to change or I wanted, like I had some areas where I was like, man, I just really wish this was different. Um, and I had spent decades waiting around for someone to come in and be like, Hey, be different, be better, change this, whatever. And no one would like it just, and I, it just dawned on me one day that I was like, no one's going to come in and be like, Hey, you need to, you know, you're maybe you're at a D you could be at a B be better. Yes. <laughs> and like, I just was always waiting for that, like dad talk or something. And I just like, nobody was going to give me that kind of like, spontaneously give me that kind of accountability and you do I think you have to go out and seek it you have to find people that are willing to hold you to the things that you want to accomplish and and I've read a bit about this and one of the things I found is like accountability whether that's a coach like a friend or whatever like they it will never actually it's not about them making you do the things because that's not what accountability is right it's about them shining a light and being a mirror that well, I'll give you the motivation to do those things yes. because no one can make you do it regardless right. of how many times they go. Because I hired a fitness coach earlier this year and she was wonderful, but it was all like remote. So mm-hmm. she was giving me the plans, all this stuff. And she'd be like, hey, like you haven't updated the thing. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't do them. She was like, oh, OK, like <laughs> should we scale it down, whatever? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm just... <laughs> I was like, I'm busy. I'm doing other things. It wasn't a pri- like I'm trying to be as honest as possible to be yeah. like, it's not my priority. I know yeah. I'm paying you money, and she was like, you don't have to pay me if you're not going to do it. And I was like, I, my hope is that the payment, like, that's I feel that, this. That's that dopamine, maybe. Maybe yeah. it's like, oh, oh, I paid. I did something. Oh gosh. I d- I took a step. Yay, yeah, I did it. And then you're just like, mm, whatever happens, happens. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. probably that is probably what happened. And uh, but it's that idea of you do you have to want it, but. I think that accountability yeah. is probably going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. But if you really want the outcome, yeah. it's I think it's uncomfortable it. to ask, especially as an entrepreneur. Like you feel like you have to. Yeah. So many of the entrepreneurs I, or business owners I work with, they feel like they're supposed to know everything. They feel like they, 
they don't want to say that they don't know. It's like, how, how could you be expected to know this whole mm -hmm. gamut of the business world when you've never done this before? Ignorance you know? is not a bad thing. Right. I, I, I am ignorant on like how to do surgery. That's, oh, yeah. I don't feel yeah. shame over yeah. that. Like, and you should see my CPA, my attorneys, the emails that I write them because I want to yeah. understand everything, totally. even with our legal documents. Like we have one open right now with a, a, a vendor. It's like, I'm going to read every line of that. And I know not, I'm not expecting everyone to do this, but I want to understand because what people don't understand is, first of all, it's negotiable. Everything is negotiable. Yeah. Second of all, especially influencer deals, all this, because I do a lot of Terry stuff mm -hmm. and it's like, you're going to pay us everything 30 days after the stuff is done. Sure. Why don't you pay us half up front? And then, yeah. and he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, I have like six. They, do they want? And the, they're like, yes. Yeah, do they want and the answers? Like, I've yeah. never. It's, it's anyway. So that, but then also operate, operate, operationalizing it. There we go. Operationalizing it. Right. You have this legal document with an influencer dealer saying, oh, you have to do this many posts. They have to look like this. They have to have these. Mm -hmm. Like, what if if you don't write that anywhere, put that anywhere, have a system for checking in, making sure you get them. Then now you're not getting your money. So. Anyway, the emails that I send my lawyers and my CPAs, it's like, I want to understand what's going on. I want to know my business. And I think that's really important too. If it's not you, someone on your team, mm -hmm. even if it is a coach you hire, someone Find who's someone, connected yeah. to your business that's making sure you're checking all the boxes is really important. But to that really quick, I think it's because of the structure of maybe society or schooling or something. Because if you think about it, in school, we're being tested and graded. Mm. We go to college, we're tested and graded. We go to even corporate America. I was only there for two years on Wall Street, which was a little mm -hmm. different. But you know, I have performance evaluations and reviews and I have a team, yes. I have accountability built in. Then you go into entrepreneurship, Terry doesn't know. He's my business partner, but he does a completely, he does programming and the workouts and training. Yeah. He doesn't, he can't tell me if we're behind on our budgets or if the legal dot. Yeah. yeah. So you're just out here. So you don't have that unless you ask for it. And you it. feel like, because we've been programmed this way, that someone's going to look someone's at it and you're going to get a grade up. and you're yeah, going to like, gonna your gonna... worth is going to be determined by this report card. And of, there's, it's not coming. <laughs> oh my God. It's not coming. They're not grading you. No one's grading you. Right. It's fine. Right. It's fine. <laughs> fine it's right. fine to not know you'll be just okay and you know i you we talked about the irs and paying the things and you didn't know this and that is like this year like we just filed my taxes for this last for we're, last year we did too yeah like yes. we're, we're like the deadline we're yes, like yes oh. we are we're it's like what we extended and we're extending it like we do all the extensions yeah. <laughs> uh, how many extensions can we have well, right. all the extensions right. and uh and i was telling and it was so stressful and you know when I finally sat down to do it, it was like my CPA just needed like three more documents. I was like, oh. But I was walking around. I told my wife this. I've been walking around with the feeling that somebody's going to come along and they're going to slap me on the wrist and they're going to say, you don't get to do this anymore. Like, mm -hmm. you you were bad. You, did, you were wrong. You didn't do it right. And now you're out. Mm -hmm. You don't. And I was just like, that's not how America works. Not how it works. Like, they're going to be like, give us money. Give us our money. <laughs> they're going to be like, give <laughs> us money and keep doing it. Right, and, right. You know what? Go make more money so you can keep giving us exactly. more money. Or like, even more mistakes and more penalties, and it's fine. And yeah. Gonna and they're going to be like, yeah. just give us money. Like, yeah. just go to. And I, it was so crazy how much that like little boy in me was afraid of getting in trouble mm -hmm. when it was like, that's not how this works. That's like, not they're not going to shame me. They're right. not like, because here's the thing. They honestly don't care. Right. <laughs> Right. care about me or my business right i actually just met with my cpa with a client who's figuring some things out with his finances he's going through prove it, prove it plan and he got to the financial section and he was like yeah let's talk about this and so yeah. my cpa is amazing we sit down with him the three of us and we're just talking through stuff and he says something to that effect he's like 
um, you know, my clients who are, he didn't say like Ashley, but I know he was thinking about it. <laughs> He's like, who are like Ashley who are following up? Cause you know, he sends us our PL, mm -hmm. our ba balance sheet, our, our financial statements every month who are asking questions, who are engaged. I'm more excited about being engaged with them. Mm -hmm. Um, but the ones that never say anything. And then when tax time comes, they're like asking me all these questions and want these, all these deductions. And, but you haven't, and we're waiting on all these open items. He's like, I'm not as excited mm -hmm. to you know, bend over backwards to help yeah. this person out because I have all these other clients or these other, these other group of clients who are, so like, you got to care about your stuff yeah. yourself, right? Like, like it, you know, it's on you. No one is coming That's to right. check on you good or bad. No That's one's right. going to come kick you out, but also no one's going to come and say, level up, do better. Like you yeah. could be going from a D to a B. So you kind of have to take the ownership in and of yourself, whether it's yourself or mentors, family member, friends, somebody coach. Yeah. Um, it's important. My, ninth grade physics teacher was this amazing quirky self-proclaimed hippie um and Love just it. phenomenal guy like just Love had it. all these little quirks they were awesome one of the things that he did is at the beginning of every school year every semester he would write his definition of responsibility on the board and then he'd force us to memorize it. So the first couple of weeks, he'd take a few words away and it was on every test, every quiz mm. all year long. Start like the first question, everything was always, you had to write out the definition of responsibility. Uh, and then anytime high school students would come back to visit, you know, like they'd graduate and they'd come back, he would ask them a couple of questions, including, <laughs> he would like always ask them like, do you smoke? It was just like, it was really funny. Like he would just put them, it was like, are you smoking? Do you drink? Whatever. But then he would also ask them the definition of responsibility. Really? And I can tell you, I, I guarantee you 98% of the students who went through it can uh, recite it. And here it is. So responsibility is the acceptance of oneself as the cause of one's current situation. And it's the willingness to cope with that situation. Wow. So phenomenal. Wait, you got to say that one more time responsibility is the acceptance of oneself as the cause of one's current situation. And it's the willingness to cope with that situation. That's deep. And, and right. And he's like ninth graders teaching about the ninth graders. I, and I just, and you remember it today. Yeah. Oh, and I guarantee you, we could like, I could call up a friend right now. I'm so tempted to put a segment in here where I call <laughs> up a friend and say, what's the definition of responsibility? Wow. Cause I know you'd say it. Uh, but yeah, it, it was so good. And when I was in ninth grade, I felt like I was like a big kid. But if you know any 14 year olds right now, right. <laughs> like they know everything. They're not big. They're children. Right. Like, at the time, it felt a very adult. But of course. like I've seen 14 year olds since then. I'm like, you are an infant. Right. You know nothing of the world. <laughs> uh, but it, it's such deep and good programming to just say like, hey, of course, there are always outside factors. We're not denying that. Yes. And yet, the more you can look at yourself yes. as the cause of whatever's going on and be willing to deal with that, the better off you're going to be. Ooh. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's powerful right there. Mr. Flugel. Mr. Shout Flugel. out Mr. Flugel. He's a real one. <laughs> Talk about impact. Yeah. Yeah. Love he's it. changing lives. <laughs> well, as we, as we wrap this up, you've given me I already feel like so much great advice, but would you have any advice for yourself? as maybe you just moved to New York, that Ashley who's working on Wall Street and getting after it. What uh, what advice would you give that, Ooh. that Ashley? I would tell her to do it afraid. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to understand, I was, I'm from Texas City, Texas. I graduated with 18 people in my senior class. Wow. One eight. 
Um, you know, so to go from there to even UT was crazy. Then to go from UT to New York, knew no one there. Yeah, I just felt a lot of imposter syndrome with all these Ivy League kids who were talking languages, you know, talking mm-hmm. about stuff I just didn't know. So um, to do it afraid and to, I think, remit, like trust that what got me there would carry me through it. I think I kind of like dug my nails in to an extent and tried to force, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit more once I got there. Because, again, I, I didn't even think I was going to get this job. Now I'm here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to I got to figure this out. Um, but. You know, what was going to happen was going to happen regardless. I'm already, I am already have work ethic, right? I was yeah. already going to work hard, but um, just living a little bit more free, I think. Mm-hmm. And then um, really just taking care of myself too. I, I was not healthy during that time, yeah. just in like working, work, mm-hmm. workhorse, you know? Um, a lot of real weird health issues. And um, I think it was because I was just mm-hmm. clinging so tight to trying yeah. to like be and prove like my family in Texas City is like, oh, Ashley's working on Wall Street and like feeling like I'm carrying my family on my back. I didn't have to, I didn't have to carry <laughs> you on that. You know, that, that wasn't on you. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. on me to carry. So that's the advice I'd give myself. That's very good advice for people who want to come work out at the league or who maybe want to start a franchise or mm. who want to go through your program with your consulting. How do they find you? Yes. Um, the league is at the league HTX or our, our website is packtraining.com, P-A-C-K training.com. Um, come through. We would love to meet you. Please let me know if we're working out together. Hit me up. I would I would love to chat chat with you. My personal Instagram is Ashley Monet, M-O-N-E-E. Um, and then Bird Williams is um Hey Bird Williams on Instagram. Um connect with me there, shoot me a DM. I'm not super active there. You could also go to my website, birdwilliams.com. Um, I'm, I'm here and there, yeah. um, but I will respond to DMs. So marketing is just the icing. Or Don't worry about birdwilliams.com. We could definitely connect. Prove it plan is on there. Everything's attached pretty much to my website. Cool. So, Well, thank you so much for all of the wonderful advice for uh, the great conversation. Yeah, for doing this. Rusty, this was fun. Thank you for having me. A huge thank you to Ashley and to you for listening to this episode of Houston Made. Let this interview be an encouragement to you to follow those dreams, even if you're not sure where they're going to lead. If you haven't done so already, go find Ashley on Instagram at Ashley Monet or at HeyBirdWilliams or check out our website, birdwilliams.com. If you have a new business or an idea for a new business, reach out to her. I'm sure she'll help you come up with a game plan to set you up for success. And if you want to work out with some of the best folks around, go check out The League. If this is your first time tuning in, we have interviews available with entrepreneurs from all kinds of backgrounds, including wedding planners, leather workers, shop owners, and more. If you're interested in connecting further or advertising via Houston Made, you can find me on Instagram at Rusty J. Gates or the show at Houston Made Podcast. Houston Made is produced and hosted by me, Rusty Gates. Special thanks goes out to Luke Bronner with Odd Parliament for continued support of the show and Mac Ryan Creative for collaboration on our artwork. Credit for our theme music goes to old friends, new friends. Houston Made is glad to be a part of the Odd Parliament Neighborhood of Podcasts, a community that believes in compelling stories, nuanced dialogue, inclusive community, creative production, all things to one good end, deep human connection. To find more shows made by amazing storytellers, visit oddparliament.com.